Welcome back to Rowdy Southern Saturday. We're back after a long hiatus in the offseason here. We're going to get things swinging with college football again. Today on the show, we've got Wit, Matt, Chad, myself, Keys, and our special guest, Nathan, today. How you guys doing? It's been a while since we've been here. I'm doing good over here. Just nonstop working. Kind of was nice to have a little break from doing the show. Uh, I'm sure... Mr. Dad over there, Matt Howe, enjoyed having time to spend with his kids, but that's over forever. So <laughs> the show's back. We're fully invested, and uh, and uh, it's about to get crazy. So we're ready for it. Yeah, the kids are basically grown now. So yeah, they can, they can drive themselves, themselves around. I mean, how, how old's your oldest now? They're, they're three and one. They can fend for themselves now. <laughs> the three-year-old um, can drive. Yeah, absolutely. I've met um, Lucy. She's smart. She is. She's, she's not very good at hitting a baseball. But no, she is now. Oh, she's gotten better. Oh, and Maddox is in like... two weeks since I've seen her. Yeah, no, she's... It's unbelievable. She's good. Um, I'm just taking her to the batting cages. At I, that, <laughs> that's what I did. That's what I did. No, uh, doing well. Uh, was really, really busy in the spring. Spring's over. Uh, now in the summer... We get to relax, and now it's kind of when college football amps up. We got we got conference meetings that have happened, and uh, a lot of fun stuff that we're going to talk about later on. College World Series is ongoing, so I keep myself occupied by paying attention to sports and not my kids, obviously, uh, because I'm father of the year. So, you know, good stuff. Chad, how you been, man? Been doing good, man. Been doing good. A lot of changes since we last recorded. You know, last time I recorded, I was living up there in the Augusta area, and I have come back down to the borough. So I'm officially back in Bullitt County and uh, enjoying it, man, enjoying it. But uh, excited, excited to get ready for the season. A lot of a lot of things going on right now in the world of recruiting, in the world of NIL. A lot of things to go over, man. But most importantly, Billy Napier is red hot, old blue chip Billy. But uh, glad to have Nathan on the show too. Nathan, recently married, the last time I was all with you guys. Nathan, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well, man. I'm excited to uh, be on here with you guys and talk some sports, talk some college football, and get all caught up. And uh, and we're rolling along. College football is getting started, like Matt said. We had the 2024 uh, conference opponents announced recently, so we will get into that at some point during the show. Uh, I think before that, Nathan, you had a question you wanted to ask the crew. I sure did. Gallery. Looking and thinking about your preferred college football team if you had to pick a head football coach that is currently coaching in college football that is not coaching in the conference of your team who would you pick to be your head coach and why hmm you know i put a lot of thought into this one since you asked when we were eating pizza 30 minutes ago and um i brought it down to five coaches i brought it down to dave aranda ryan day at ohio state um, I had Kalen DeBoer from Washington and Dan Lanning from Oregon. And I had, I can't remember the fifth one was, who was the fifth one? I brought it down to four coaches. <laughs> 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 and honestly, I think it would either be Dave Aranda or Ryan Day. And I think Ryan Day, out of all the coaches outside the SEC, in terms of just what you want a head coach, what you want a CEO, I think he'd probably be the best fit. For Georgia, at least. I like Aranda, too. He's similar to Kirby. He's a defensive guy. I think he, if he gets to a bigger program than Baylor, I think he'll do really well. But I think Ryan Day's got the rah-rah ability, like, to get people hyped up that, like, Kirby and Nick Saban, guys like that have. But he's also got, like, he's smart. He's good offensive mindset. His biggest knock is he can't recruit defense. And honestly, that's more of a, if he can find the right guy on defense to do that, the way that Kirby did with guys on offense, 
then it would work out. So I would say Ryan Day. Yeah, I like Ryan Day. I also really like, and he's really green. He doesn't have a lot of head coaching experience yet, but I really like Brent Venables uh, as a guy that would just step in, take over a big program, recruiting really well with Oklahoma. 2023 class is number four in the country currently. Uh, so he's a really good recruiter. He's got a lot of roots in the South, um, had a lot of experience, and is very well respected by Clemson program. Uh, won a couple of natties there as a defensive coordinator. He's a defensive-minded guy. Uh, I think that offensive guys are not easy to find, but there are a lot of good offensive minds out there. You pair a good offensive mind along with Brent Venables' defense. Uh, you're going to go through some growing pains because he's never been a head coach before. You know, this is his first time here at Oklahoma. We'll see how it all turns out. But all signs point, point are pointing to be that he's going to be a really good head football coach. And he's a guy that I would not hate having on my sideline uh, wearing the headset and calling the defense. I just remembered my fit that was Lincoln Riley. And Lincoln Riley, well, see, the thing with Lincoln Riley, because I we 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 kind of a little preemptively talked about yeah, it. We, I don't want my team to play like his USC team or his Oklahoma teams. Like last year, they won a lot of games. But see, in my opinion, it's the same as it is with Ryan Day. Like it's not Ryan Day's fault that the defense at Ohio State is is not good, and it's the same at USC to me, or in like how Oklahoma was too. It's not Lincoln Riley's fault that the guys on the defense can't get it done. I mean, it's his fault that he hasn't found the right guy for it yet. But if he could find the right guy. I mean, it took Kirby, what, six years, seven years? I think it was year six he won his first national championship. It took Kirby six years to find the right guy on offense. And once he did, he's won back-to-back national championships. If you do that, you put Lincoln Riley in. If you sent, let's say, Brent Venables to be a defensive coordinator for USC, that team would be unstoppable. Same with Ryan Day and Ohio State. So it's, it's just finding the right guy. And I feel like when you have an offense as explosive as Ohio State or USC now – it's hard to find a guy who can slow down a team when your team, your offense is scoring every other play or every five plays or whatever. Like, because they're not really getting any downtime. Yeah. And I mean, you saw that trade off with Alabama whenever yeah, they switched exactly. offenses. Alabama's defense has obviously not been nearly yeah, as elite as it was uh, before. And I mean, they're playing more snaps, they're out on the field more, but I don't know. Lincoln Riley, I think for me, is it just he's had tons of time to find a defensive guy that could go in there and fix the defense. They've never been able to. He's got Alex Grinch. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but until until Lincoln Riley proves that that he can find that guy, I mean, it, it's a hard sell. I mean, yeah, you're going to score 50 points a game, but, I mean, I think we all saw in the Cotton Bowl, like, they blew a huge lead to Tulane, and Tulane's obviously not a team that has the athletes and offensive power that they have, nor do they have a Caleb Williams at quarterback across the field like USC has on offense. They can't stop anybody. So, I mean, like, I don't know. Lincoln Riley, I, obviously, I think Lincoln Riley at some point will win a national championship. But until he finds a defensive guy, I mean, I don't know how soon that's going to be. But I think I think for me, like if I if Billy Napier were to get fired tomorrow, I, I think the number one guy I would want to go after outside of the SEC is Luke Fickle. I'm a huge Luke Fickle fan and what he did at Cincinnati and his ability to recruit. Not only that, his defenses that he had at Ohio State. Very, very good recruiter in the state of Ohio. He doesn't have any ties to the South, but you know, for Florida, one of our most successful coaches we've ever had came from Utah, and he was at Bowling Green at one time, so he also had ties to Ohio, and he recruited really well. So I don't think being outside of the South is a huge, I don't know what word I'm looking for, like a huge wall, I guess, or for a, bit, a door in the way of, of bringing a guy in. But I, I'm a big Luke Fickle fan. I, I think Wisconsin is going to be really good. 
Wisconsin starting to recruit a lot better, even in this cycle, his first true cycle as Wisconsin's head coach. Um, and I think once we expand to a 12-team playoff, Luke Fickle's the kind of guy that, that would absolutely have Wisconsin in the playoff here in the near future if they put together nine and ten wins a year. Um, so I, I would want Luke Fickle for sure. If I had to go like some smaller kind of off-the-radar guys, like if I wanted to dip into the ACC, like we're watching, I'm watching Wake Forest and LSU in the College World Series right now, like I think Dave Clawson would be a good move. Um, he's had a lot of success at Wake Forest with very limited recruiting. Um, I don't know what kind of recruiter he really is, mainly because he's been at Wake Forest, and that's not a recruiting powerhouse. But he's had Wake Forest really in good contention for the past couple years, and they signed him to a big extension. He's pretty much had nothing but winning seasons there ever since his third year and gone to bowl games every year. Uh, so I think Dave Clawson will be a good move. It would be a risky move. Uh, but then G5, I would go John Sumrall at Troy. 12-2 and two in his first year at Troy. Uh, also, he's from Alabama, grew up in Alabama, and started at Kentucky and also has experience in the SEC at Kentucky and Ole Miss as an assistant coach. So I think John Sumrall would also be a really good move coming out of the Sun Belt, which has turned into a very solid football conference. And 12-2 and two in their first year last year was really impressive. So that brings up a question that me and Nathan were talking about earlier. We were talking about, you know, we're all Georgia Southern grads here. Talking about Georgia Southern football. Clay Heldon's the head football coach there. Would you rather be the head coach at Georgia Southern in the Sun Belt, which has turned out to be a pretty decent football conference, or go to a mid-tier Power 5 program? Let's hear an example of a mid-tier like Power 5 program. Missouri. West, West Virginia, Missouri. I wouldn't even. I would say West Virginia. Like, it has to be Minnesota is a mid-tier power five. Like you're talking like in a conference where you have a a powerhouse. You're a power five. There's no chance you will ever recruit. Bingo. In the in the area. Would you you rather be? Would you rather be at Missouri? And know that Missouri is probably the last school I would want to coach at right now. You're at Missouri. Vanderbilt is a close first or second. Uh, You're at a Missouri. You're at a Kentucky. Like Kentucky's had success, but when the divisions go away, you're not going to be. You're going to have to be the second best overall SEC team in a conference with LSU, Alabama, Georgia, Texas, and Oklahoma are coming in. Would you rather be team number nine or ten, or would you rather be at Georgia Southern and have a chance to win? I think the answer is Georgia Southern. Easy. Fun I belt, mean, especially baby. with the mm-hmm. what they're doing with the playoff, where it's not the top six power divisions or, or all five power conferences and then a group of five team it's the top ranked six conference champions they get an automatic bid so that's i mean if you're a good coach like if you're you know nick saban in his early years wanting to go coach somewhere i i would pick georgia southern over a missouri or a vanderbilt i mean i think it depends on what tier you're at in the sec or in the big 10 or anywhere like that uh, Big 12, I feel like at least right now, especially with Texas and Oklahoma leaving, like West Virginia, I know we just threw that name out there. I feel like that's a fine school to be at right now because it's not, they're in range to where they could be the best team in the Big 12 going forward. It would not surprise me. I would say Oklahoma State and Baylor and TCU now are probably the top three, but West Virginia is not far off from being there. If they had the right guy there, they probably could do it. Building but, off that, is there a another conference do you think that could be blown wider open than the Sunbelt in terms of like the amount of teams that can win the Sunbelt Conference Championship? Well, I mean, with UCF and Cincinnati leaving 
the AAC, I feel like the Sun Belt is now the it's going to take over as the best group of five program or like conference. You think so? Yeah, because I, I mean, agree. They, they, they lost the Sun Belt. The Sun Belt. Ooh, I don't know because the raging raging Cajuns are always pretty good. Coastal Carolina has been good yeah. re- recently. App State. State's always always solid. Troy's been good recently. South Alabama had it. Then they've got a really good young head coach. Georgia Southern is a traditional FCS powerhouse. James Madison came in last year and who was all, pretty who good. Who else in the American now? Because they added a couple teams too. They added FAU, uh, Charlotte, Charlotte, Florida Atlantic. Who else? Who else did they add? They added. UTSA, I think UTSA is the American have Southern now. Southern Miss or Southern Miss American? Southern Miss, Southern Southern Miss is Southern Miss. Southern Southern Miss. Southern Miss. Them and Marshall. That's right. See, since we're on that, so like since we're on that topic, and you said Florida Atlantic, I think Tom Herman is a really good example of that question. Like, if I'm Tom Herman, I was fired at Texas. I just spent what now three years kind of in the background, and now I get another chance at FAU. And why would I want to? Like, Tom Herman could have got a bigger job. If he really wanted to, but if you're Tom Herman, I'm in Florida. I can pull local recruits that are two and three stars from South Florida that are probably looked over. And when we expand to a 12 team playoff, I'm in the American with the with the standard that the American Athletic Conference has set over the past couple of years. You know that people are still probably going to look to the American to produce that G5, you know, playoff team. Tom Herman can sit at Florida Atlantic for three or four years and wait on a better opportunity to come open if he has a lot of success and Florida Atlantic is that team that makes the playoff. Like, if I'm Tom Herman, why why would I take the Indiana job and go struggle in the Big Ten if I can go to Florida Atlantic and have success against lesser competition and, and be in a recruiting hotbed? So I think, like, to answer the question directly, I think Clay Helton – would be I think Clay Helton. I would rather be him at Georgia Southern than be Eli Drinkwitz at Missouri. And that's but what I like. I, re- I really, yeah. I think Tom Herman's a great example of that. Like he can stay there and be successful. Why would I leave? Well, that's that's kind of why I brought it up though. Whenever we were talking about it, was because that Clay Helton had the same career path at USC. Was won a Rose Bowl. Goes to Georgia Southern. Like he's been with a P five powerhouse. You're not going to get a second chance at a P five powerhouse most likely when you've already been at one and you didn't really move the needle much, especially USC being in LA, you didn't really do much with a, a traditional blue, a, a blue chip team. And now you're at Georgia Southern. Would you ra- you're not going to get another power five big time job. You're not going to Alabama. You're not going to Florida. You're not going to Georgia. You could stay at Georgia Southern or you're going to go to a mid tier power five team. And so that's why that's where the comp, the, uh, the conversation got it came from. I was like, well, where where would Clay Hilton leave? Willie Fritz is another example of that too. Nathan just pointed that out to me. So shout out to Nathan. But the uh like he probably could have left for power five school last year. There's enough people talking about trying to bring him in. Nebraska was Georgia in the running. Tech. Georgia Tech was very high in the running. I, everybody thought he got hired at Georgia Tech. Yeah. And uh and I assume that at least in some aspect he probably could have gotten a job. But you gotta think if you're the best school of last year, best school in the American Conference, I mean, I don't see a school in the American Conference that would be better than them going forward besides maybe Memphis or maybe FAU with Tom Her- Herman now. Um, and there might be some others. I just can't think of any off the top of my head. But he's got it made. I mean, he's top six power five or, or top six conference champions. That's easy for Tulane right now. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. if the – if the twelve team playoff was next year, I would almost guarantee you that Tulane would make it. Like I'd feel as good about Tulane making it as I would Alabama making it. 
But isn't there only going to be one group of five slot versus no. the eleven that they would have for? So it's it's the top no, it's, it's the well, top it's, six ranked conference champions. There's no, no power five, no group of five, technically. Yeah. But obviously, the power five will be more valued. Well, they're, so, they're going to be ranked. If you're a Power 5 Conference champion, you're going to be ranked. Be ranked. But yeah. with the Big 12 kind of well, taking that step back down, like if, for example, if you, I feel like that's a conference that moving forward could be very much a, we, we, all, we all beat each other. And so you have a two or three loss conference champion. The Big 12. Yeah, the yeah. Big 12. Because like on any given week, and it's not like in the, in the SEC where a lot of times it was any given week anybody could beat anybody because they're all very good. Right. I think they're all going to be very average. Right. And so anybody could beat anybody. So West Virginia could beat Oklahoma State, and then Oklahoma State could turn around and beat Cincinnati, and then Cincinnati could turn around and beat UCF, and UCF could turn around and beat Baylor. And now you're looking at a two- or three-loss conference champion there versus a undefeated Coastal, undefeated Georgia Southern, one lost Georgia Southern, whatever the case well, may be. And the Pac-12 and the ACC have been like that in recent years, too. I mean, the ACC, it's been Clemson's pretty much to, to lose every single year, but they've had a lot of years where they had like a four-loss pit, or, or like I think it was a seven-and-five pit, I think they played yeah. one year. Yeah, yeah. yeah seven-and-five. Yeah, it gives those teams a chance. Like, seven-and-five pit is not making the playoff. If they end up knocking off Clemson, which in that instance, there was no way it was going to happen. But in and something like that happens where you get a three loss Pac twelve champion or a three loss Big Twelve champion, and then you got two undefeated group of five teams. Those two group of five teams are in over the three loss champion. Absolutely. Is, it doesn't matter what conference it is. I guess that's why a lot of conferences like the SEC moving forward and the ACC are getting rid of divisions, divisions because yep. they realize like, hey, in the off off chance that we have, you know, like this past year where LSU was three loss team. They're getting in if they win that conference championship. And now you're burning up one of the at-large bids for the committee. There were three lost teams. I was going to say, I thought there were two lost teams, but they lost to they A&M, lost A&M, A&M, A&M last week. Last week of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Last week of the season. That was right. Golly, they had four losses last year? Yeah. Four lost yeah. Four yeah. LSU. They went, they, went they went 10 and four. Yeah. They went 10 and four because they, they smashed Purdue in the bowl game. They dropped like, what, 60, 62 on Purdue? And so that's another thing. I mean, it this that begs the question, is Purdue even make a playoff? Like, it, say last year Purdue beats Michigan. In a 12-team playoff, is Purdue going? You're 8-5, and five, and you beat Michigan, you won the Big Ten. Okay. Is Purdue even going to be ranked? Because Purdue wasn't even ranked in the Big Ten title game. And okay, maybe they bump Purdue up to 25, but then there's going to be – there's probably going to be a group of five conference champion, one at least, if not maybe two – and then four other Power Five, does Purdue still go? Because Purdue, like, they, I really don't think Purdue would have made the playoff if they'd have won the Big Ten. Like, to me, big to me in playoff. that instance, if you have a group of five champion that has two losses or more, or two losses or less, they're in, if that's the case, over a Power Five team. I think it's just going to be an interesting concept to watch it move going forward because – you get in that in that last like 24, 25, 23 range, you're always splitting hairs between eight and four teams. So if they won their division and then they win the conference championship game against a, like a team like Michigan is going to be a top four team at the time. So you've got to put them. They've, that's got to be a better win than whoever else is down there at the bottom of the barrel at that point. So they're going to be ranked like you're not going to see them be like, oh, well, you know, Purdue they had some really bad losses. And then they won the Big Ten championship. Like they're not gonna, 
So I think the better question is at what point does the college football committee, playoff committee, or the NCAA, whoever's making all these decisions, say, all right, it's going to be 12 teams. 10 of them are going to be the top 10 SEC teams. <laughs> and the SEC is going to end up having 42 teams in the conference. Because that's, that's, I feel like at some point, it's going to get to the point with the way they're doing things. It's going to be the SEC and it's going to be the Big Ten. There's going to be two conferences. Two and one, team, it's going to be NFC and AFC. It's going to move. They're going to move up to a whole different uh, division. It's going to be like D trip double A or something or D <laughs> D the show. I don't know. Something they'll call it something dumb. Like, like Georgia high school football did with the, what do they call like the, the, um, the seven A single A. Well, they've got single, single A like, private. They've got, like, no, but they got the, remember they had the seven A, like the, the call big like 42, the big 42. Something. Yeah. yeah. Something dumb. Not now. They did. They had it before. Oh, you remember I, that? I don't it remember. Was the original name. They call them the Titans. We're gonna call them the Titans division. There's like something stupid. And I uh, do not remember that at all. Well, we'll look it up later. We'll, we'll have the discussion. We'll tweet about it. Check out our Twitter at RowdyPod. Uh, <laughs> but talk about Georgia high school sports. There, they're moving towards that because they're going. All right, what would be more fun? Doing what we're doing now, or watching Georgia play Alabama, Clemson, Florida State, Ohio State, Oregon, USC, UCLA, Michigan. Tennessee, Auburn, you know, Kentucky. Can you think of big teams anymore? Michigan again, <laughs> twice in the regular season. Like, like obviously that'd be way more fun for fans. Even though, like, as a college football faithful over here, I'd rather see what we see now. Maybe just get rid of the group of five schools because, let's face it, I really don't care to see Georgia play Kent State every year. Even though they they almost beat us in the first half, <laughs> um, but still, like, it's, like it's it's almost a waste of a game. But it's uh. Yeah, it, it's cool seeing you know Oklahoma and Texas floating in the SEC, but it's still such odd changes. I've, I've said it before on this podcast, and I'll say it again. It, it's what you're saying, but it's going to be two 32 team leagues. There's going to be 64 teams total, red red versus blue, and it, it one of them is it's going to be the Big Ten, and they'll change the name to whatever they want to call it, the Titans, and then the SEC and whatever they change the name to of that conference. And then the group of five, it's going to be just what happened before, where you're going to have uh, Division One FBBS, which is like the football big boy series, and then you're going to have the the FBS, which is going to be like the fo- football ball subdivision. <laughs> the big still. boy series the, is that the, what the you football just came up big with? boy series? Have you been yeah. thinking about that for a while? No, no, that's just <laughs> off the top of the head. That's incredible. You know, uh, so and and it's going to be like I don't I don't know. I just it, then I, what would be fun if they did do that? Would be like, all right, the worst eight of those get relegated to the the FBS, and the top eight from the FBS get relegated, and it's going to turn into a hybrid of the NFL and the Premier League. Premier League soccer. I've been waiting for them all to come up this, with something like that, but I don't think it'll ever. All happen. of this, all of this sounds absolutely horrible, and they are ruining the game that we love. Oh, one thousand percent. But I mean, there's all these national conversations right now uh, to kind of, I guess. We've beat this dead horse before, but it's it's a big talking point right now. Nick Saban went to Congress uh, today. Brian Kelly came out and had a quote talking about federal regulation of NIL. There's got to be something going on because NIL has kind of already ruined the sport in a lot of ways because it's no longer an amateur league. It's not. You can't call it an amateur sport anymore. Uh, college football is no longer a like like Cardell Jones said. I didn't come here to play school. Uh, they definitely ain't going to play school anymore. They're getting paid multiple million dollars in promised deals. Uh, 
What do y'all think about the federal regulation kind of stuff that that's being floated around now? And have y'all even really looked into any of that? I have not uh, whatsoever. I saw that Nick Saban went to Congress. I know he went with a couple other coaches, right? It was like a whole group that went. Matt, and they're in. Yes, there was a group of uh-huh. coaches that went, um, and he was because he's Nick Saban. He was yeah. kind of like the, the head of everything, and so and you is know, he a good coach? I've mean, yeah, never heard of him. I think I cussed him out in Tuscaloosa. Yeah. Well, this might have been a statue. Average, average at best. Um, um, but yeah, no, I, I, I think what they want to do is correct. Like I, I think they need to regulate it. They got to find the boundaries between players being able to make money off of their name and image and likeness like it's supposed to be and not just schools throwing money or alumni throwing money at players so they'll come play for their school. And that's the biggest problem right now is you got all these teams just throwing money. Like, I mean, as you can see with A&M last year, just throwing money at players saying, here's, you know, $10 million, come play for my school. And then you got players going to the school and they're there for a year and go, oh, I didn't get to play or, well, my team wasn't very good, so I'm just going to leave and go somewhere else. And you're going to have guys leaving. I mean, Travis Hunter, he's a, what, sophomore? He's already he's at two different schools. Yeah. I would bet money that he leaves Colorado next year if they don't win at least nine games. Like, I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, I know he's got the ties to Dion, but why not? If he's getting paid. Florida State throws him some money. He might go to Florida State. Georgia might throw him some money. Go to Georgia. Well, I also think they need to do a better job of restricting and sticking to the one transfer. You get your one free transfer. Otherwise, you are going to have to sit Have they here. even re- like made that the rule yet? You that's, get one free transfer. That's and then... the rule, but they haven't. That's the, the rule. No one's following it. And and if you're the NCAA, like if you think about this, once NIL was passed, what real power does the NCAA have anymore? Yeah, that's a whole other conversation. Like the, the, it, there, there, there needs to be if, – it, it, the federal regulation, I think, is the first part of this, because once it becomes federal, federally regulated, they're going to institute owners. It's going to be like a professional system league. There's going to be owners. There's going to be contract negotiations. NIL is no longer going to be just a promissory thing. There's going to be stipulations then that, that it's going to be like a legit signed contract between player and organization. And then they're going to have to have a commissioner. Shout out Josh Pay. You know what's really going to happen? All that's going to happen, and then it's going to go all the way back around, and they're going to go, why don't we just have just you know three divisions, and then FBS, maybe an AI, and, uh, and we'll make the division same as they were before. We'll have a computer system that decides who plays in the national championship. Let's call it the, the playoff, playoff championship series, PCS. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and we'll have one national championship played at one of the six locations we have for our larger bowl games. Um, and I, I think that's a great idea. They should definitely do that at some point. I don't know why they haven't thought that's of that a brand before. brand new idea. It's a completely brand new idea. So have 10 divisions instead of two, like they will be at in 14 years. And, uh, and you know, just see what happens. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, where I think the the hard part of figuring out this whole thing is is at the end of the day these are academic institutions like you're talking about less than one percent of the school population that this is really affecting because football and basketball so we'll say there's what 85 kids in football and then 15 or 20 in men's basketball so 100 kids out of the however many 25 30 40,000 these bigger schools 50,000 kids students they go there talking about 150 to 200 kids that this is actually affecting 
the rest of the school is just like whatever. I mean, like they obviously in the South, especially in the SEC, you know, football is king. College football is king. So how do you regulate it as a professional organization and run it as a professional organization when you're an academic institution? You change the name to the National Football League. <laughs> junior. Two <Tutors, laughs> Junior. JR. Yeah. It's got to be a NFL J. NFL, NFL J. NFL, NFL junior. junior. NFL Junior. And it won't even be colleges. I have nothing to do with colleges. The names will be different. Brandy, actually, what will happen is they're going to take the names, like Georgia Bulldogs. Georgia will not be a college anymore. You're going to have to completely change the name. <laughs> and, now, and now we've lost Nathan. <laughs> so uh, so Georgia will have to be re- renamed State Institution of Georgia. <laughs> the, As part and, of the university system of Georgia. The University of Georgia so Bulldogs will be a professional. It'll be a minor league football team name. As will be all of the SEC and the Big Twelve, and any of the idea that comes over, and uh, and we have taken it to a whole new level, and that's what we want. I'm in for that. Well, that was fun and all, but you know what was more fun? And I thought that this was a great job by the SEC advertising this on the SEC network. Kind of a dead week for sports. 2024 SEC schedules were dropped last week. Texas, Oklahoma, they're going to be there. Divisions gone. Some rivalries gone. Let's get into it. I think the biggest... what are we what are we gonna do what are we gonna do with that old Miss and Vandy? Exactly, exactly. That's the Van- what we're gonna do with that the, the age old Ole Miss Vanderbilt rivalry is dead. What? Yeah, they're who, not they're not playing Vanderbilt. Keep. Yeah. I'm actually curious. Probably I'm not, Tennessee. I'm not my my guess would be playing. Tennessee, Kentucky, Missouri. Well, they only keep it. We only keep two, right? No, you kept three. We kept three. I gotta watch Georgia, Tennessee, 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 Florida, Florida Auburn. Tennessee. That's a Georgia kept. Yeah, we in Alabama. I didn't kept, know we kept Tennessee. I knew. I knew uh, Auburn, keeping, uh, Alabama kept Auburn, I LSU, it was Tennessee. Two. So they're just keeping three Florida teams instead of doing the uh, the pods. So my biggest surprise was I thought they were going to do that pod system where they pick four teams to all be together. You know, thanks for that. Nathan. They pick four teams to all be together in a pod, and they play those same teams every year. They just flip who plays who at home and home. And then they play the rest of their, I guess it would be a five-game schedule after that, all rotating teams. So I guess that's pretty much how it is. It's just, instead of doing pods, they just pick three teams. But it's kind of, it's still pretty similar, though. Yeah, so those are, okay. Perfect. Yeah, the my, big, my, biggest takeaway from, my biggest takeaway from that is that Florida got absolutely screwed. Like, our, our schedule is stupid hard. Are y'all keeping? Have, are y'all keeping LSU, Georgia, and Tennessee? We're keeping LSU, Tennessee, and Georgia. Yes, yeah, that's right. And so we have we. So our road schedule is Tennessee, Mississippi State, Texas. Not to mention going to Florida State already, the neutral site with Georgia, and we also have UCF and Miami out of conference, and Ole Miss and Texas A and M come to the swamp. I definitely think the out-of-conference schedule kind of got washed away in this because everyone was so focused on everything. Like, next year, Alabama at LSU, at Oklahoma, at Tennessee, and then out-of-conference with Wisconsin, which is – that's no cupcake. And then keeping Auburn, Georgia, and then we get Missouri and South Carolina. it's the same with Georgia, too. Not that we all need to talk about our favorite teams on here, but (laughs) like Georgia's got (laughs) Auburn at home, Florida – one of their home games is the Florida – neutral site game so georgia's only getting three conference home games in 2024 
Uh, and then we got Missouri, Mississippi State at home, Tennessee at home, and then we got to go to Tuscaloosa to play Alabama, to Lexington to play Kentucky, and then to Ole Miss and to Austin, Texas. So, and then they play Clemson first game of the season in Atlanta. So add all that in. Thank the Lord we get to play Georgia Tech at the end of every season. <laughs> that might as well be a bye week at this point. Like that's that's Georgia's new FCS team. I mean, just phenomenal. <laughs> from until Brad Key brings it back to being good. Speaking of favorite teams, though, like. I want an outsider's perspective because this is something that Witt and I have been talking about. Um, Nathan and Matt, what do you guys think about the possibility of Georgia and Florida going home and home starting in 2025? And do you you think if they do it that it should go back to Jacksonville after the stadium renovations or they should stay at home? Stay at home and home. Make it a home and home. Honestly, I remember Kirby said something about this a couple years ago, and it's 1,000% factual. Could you imagine if they played Alabama and LSU at a neutral site every year? Like, or Alabama, Auburn, and Birmingham every year. Like, you lose so much of the hype around that game by it not being at one school's campus every year. Like, could you imagine the swamp with Georgia coming to town or Sanford with Florida coming to town? Like, the I, I know that it's tradition and it's, it's neutral site. So was the Iron Bowl. The Iron Bowl was a neutral site game forever. And it is infinitely greater that it is no longer a neutral site game. Matt? I completely agree with you. I just want to throw an argument out here just to see your take. What about Texas, Oklahoma? I think that's the one rivalry. That Army Navy is like the one rivalry where you're like, that should be played on a neutral side. Yeah, that's I mean, different. It, it, it is different, but I feel like Texas, Oklahoma being played outdoor, like the old, are they still keeping it at the, at the Cotton Bowl? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, that's yes. good. They were going to change the AT&T. I think that got vetoed. Well, good. Because if, if at that point, if they were going to change it to Jerry World, then just go to Jerry campuses. wants it though. It'll be there at well, some point. But then, but then if you're going to go to Jerry World, then just go to the campuses because you're losing the, the, I agree the authentic that. feel of what it is. It's, it, it's, it, it is exactly halfway between both schools, isn't it? Like mm. pretty much. Yeah. Something like that. It's, it's like close. pretty much halfway. I mean, like no, it's not even actually. It's not. I don't think so. Because Austin's a, a long way away from. It's two hours. I thought it was like four. Mm-mm. I drove. I took the drive. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's two hours. Well, how far is it from Norman to Dallas? I think four. Okay, so um, it's not. It's not like a huge so difference. It, it's probably. It's like Jacksonville for Florida and Georgia. I just, I, it, from my opinion, from a revenue standpoint, from a fan excitement standpoint. It's cool that the you know whenever they're both good and you have the split, you've got the red and the black and the blue and the orange. That's cool. What's way more cool is having that game at home and it being the night game, either on ESPN or CBS or you know whatever network has it. But it being a night game, the environment there is just so much. It, it, it adds a feel to it, and I think that that's being missed out by it being in Jacksonville and. Talk about recruiting. You want the kids to come to the the biggest game of the year for your school. That's one of the biggest games of the year, and they're missing out on the campus environment with that. Nathan? Yeah, I agree that it needs to be at a home-and-home. Home. I mean, I, I can't stand Georgia with the best of them, but I will say that being surrounded by Georgia fans all, all around, they always complain about how they don't have, you know, fulfilling home games throughout the season and i think obviously that with this rotating schedule that we're going to have that's going to change for them but if you add florida and you bring them to sanford that brings a whole other level of electricity and buzz to that game and ver- and vice versa to putting georgia over there in the swamp 
I mean, that, that I feel like that just makes that game so much more than what it already is. And it doesn't matter the records of the teams. Like, me and Witt have been talking about this. Like, yeah, Florida's down right now, and Georgia's at the highest point that they've probably been in their program's history, or like right now. But if you were to bring, like, even let's just say this year as an example, if you're to bring Florida into Athens, who probably by week seven's got a four and three, three and four record this year, whatever, Georgia's probably seven and zero, oh, and like you said, vice versa. You know, Georgia came to the swamp for Florida, went between the hedges. It doesn't matter what your records are. That place is that's going to be that place is going to be insane. And if you want to talk like if you want to get recruits to come, if you've got battles between Georgia and Florida, which with the way that Florida and Georgia are both recruiting for the 2024 class, they're getting recruiting battles that are actually starting to come down to Florida and Georgia right now. And that could be a deciding factor between where a kid goes because of that game and the atmosphere that he saw between the hedges, the atmosphere that he saw in the swamp. Well, like I, I, I'm long champion for that game to be home and home. I think that reason alone, which you just said about recruiting, I think that's why it will happen because Billy Napier is a lot like Kirby in the sense of he's a coach that says recruit first, get the players on the on the field, and we'll decide what to do with them when we get them here. And Kirby's, which he said that since he was at Alabama, and Nick Saban was the same way, and Nick Saban was probably the first one really to do it that way. So I, I think with the way that those two coaches think. I think eventually they'll say, look, the recruiting weekend is way more important to us, especially now with how the schedules lay out, than it is to have it in Jacksonville, have the world's largest cocktail party, do frat beach, all that kind of stuff. So I, I still don't know how I feel about it. I think it would be cool to have it home and home, especially for a couple years, just to see how it would go. And I think it would go phenomenal. And I think if they do do it, I think Chad's right. I don't think it'll ever change. I think it'll just stay that way. But the um, eventually, in terms of recruiting, in terms of money, it's just gonna it's gonna be that way, which can be really bad for the city of Jacksonville. I will say, like, I don't know. I obviously know this is a rivalry between Arkansas and Texas A and M, but you you look at that game and it's in Jerry World, where it has like that NFL feel and vibe, where it's not on campus, and you're gonna bring that back to Jacksonville with the updated like the renovations to their stadium. I mean, you look at the Arkansas Texas A and M game. It's 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 not as fun to watch. But if you if it was in, you know, if it was in Arkansas, uh, there's I don't know what's, what's the name of their stadium. <laughs> the, uh, Memorial Stadium. It, no, that's in that's in Little Rock. Uh, the one in Fayetteville is uh, Donald. Uh, it's named after a guy. It's the same thing. It's just the University of Arkansas, Little Rock. <laughs> yeah, same thing. So, Nathan, but, you went to the University of Georgia. But like, if you if you look at if you watch Arkansas and Texas A and M and they're playing in Jerry World, it doesn't have that electric atmosphere that you would get if they did a home and home themselves. And that's a smaller scale, in my opinion, than what Georgia Florida is. Donald W. Reynolds Stadium. Am I the only one that thinks that that Arkansas Texas A and M rivalry? because it's played in Jerry World, has made it a really good SEC rivalry. That and the fact that every no. single game is good. No, I, w- I, I want that game. I want that game in College in college Station yeah. or in Fayetteville every year. See, I don't know why I don't, I don't feel that way about that game. I think you're right. In terms of atmosphere, it would probably be a lot better. And I've never gone to it, so I couldn't, I couldn't tell you in person. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. in terms of like, like to me, in my head, it made it an important rivalry because they made it a neutral site game, and they played it in Jerry World. But at this point I, now that you know they're rivals, you know it's a good game every year. I also hate it from a standpoint 
I know for for Georgia and Florida, it's different because it's been such a longstanding tradition that you go down and St. Simon's is for the weekend, and then you peruse your way down to Jacksonville for the cocktail party. But like like I said, I know like with Alabama, I've only ever known their biggest games to be either home or away, and it sucks whenever it's away because like my God, it's hostile. But it's awesome when it when you're at home because my God, it's hostile and it's it, but it's in your favor. And like, could you imagine the Spike Squad or whatever those dudes are called that wear the big shoulder pads with Florida in town in Athens, not just them sitting in some random seats where the Jags play football? Like, they are in their home stadium in their element, getting everybody going. You know, like I, I just think that that brings so much to the table. We're like a Texas A and M and Arkansas. That's an old Southwestern Conference rivalry that they're trying to bring back to life. And it's a fun one. But like I mean, could you imagine if Texas and Texas A and M decide like, oh yeah, you know, we're we're gonna we're gonna go to See, that, Yeah, that one definitely should not be a neutral site at right. all. It would be way it's way it, to me, I, I don't know, and it's probably just the way that it always was, so it's just the way it is in my head. But and I I agreed that I think it would be better home and home for Georgia, Florida. And I'll be on record saying that. But I have been to the game, me and Keys went in two thousand nineteen. And we got to see the environment that year, and it was, it's, it's incredible. It's it is really, really cool. Sure, and yeah. that, that's kind of my big thing is I'm like, home and home would be more fun. The environments would be more hostile. You're right about that. But that that game, like, there's just something splitting a fan base down the middle. It's such a different. Cool. It, the, just the view of that is really cool. The fact that you have Georgia fans, Florida fans, everybody's kind of tailgating together, getting hammered. Also. At in Jacksonville, hanging out by the stadium, you got the boats coming in. Like everybody's hanging out on the boats, tailgating. Burn them, baby, burn the boats. Burn the boats. <laughs> it's like like they have the whole um, what was it? Like the whole there's this whole college football rivalry, like like tailgating area where they had like free drinks and stuff, like or like free uh, hot dogs. Yeah, we yeah, found all the yeah. Free we had stuff. a couple <laughs> free hot dogs. We had some free fireball shots. We had a lot of free fireball shots, and uh, like it was just it's something you don't see at a normal college football week. Like week to week, and uh, I don't know. Both arguments here, I think, are valid. No, and, I, and that's yeah. that's exactly what I'm saying. But recruiting wise, it makes a lot more sense in terms of Tradition. money for both teams. It makes more sense, especially with how they're doing this. So I think it will change, but it is going to be a shame to see that neutral side game go away. One more point, I just want to add really quick. We're forgetting one key aspect here, and that's everybody's favorite. That's a field storm. You don't field storm at a neutral site. Good teams don't field storm, Nathan. I don't know. This is true. I don't know. Alabama and Georgia don't field storm. Have you seen Vandy's field storm? <laughs> <laughs> Tennessee field storm. Good teams don't field storm. Florida would field storm if we beat Georgia at home with the way things have been going lately. Florida Georgia would, would not field storm. Georgia, Georgia would not field storm for being in Florida. Yeah. Well, I, I, think, I also... I was about to say it. Also, it like yeah, there has to be context provided because no, but yeah, because <laughs> in in two thousand and six, you're telling me if it was like a home game in Athens with where Georgia was and they uh, they beat Florida, you're not gonna you're not gonna score the field. 07 is an example. Oh seven's a great example when Georgia the whole the team came on the field. The field. I know the fans. Yeah, <laughs> they, they high and mighty. They would have. Yeah, yeah, 07 is a good example. If 07 was played in Athens, Georgia would have 100 percent rushed the field. Yeah, I mean then, then that's 07, fine. 07 Georgia was 2020 20, or 2022 Florida, pretty much without Florida winning. The but game. didn't they have like AJ Green and Matt Stafford and Oshan? What year was that? 07. 
No. Oh seven. <laughs> oh eight. Oh, that was oh eight. Was AJ Green's for okay. sure. Were they good? No Sean scored the touchdown. No Sean was there. Yeah. No Sean and Stafford were there. AJ Green wasn't there yet. Oh, okay. Muhammad Massaqua. Muhammad Massaqua was the star receiver for Georgia. R.I.P. R.I.P. to Muhammad. He did, I don't think he's actually dead. Oh, but, wow. but James, <laughs> but James I was like, he died? No, oh, J- James Harrison. That was my childhood. James Harrison killed him in the middle of the field. <laughs> I don't know if y'all remember that, but that concussion was that. nasty. I do remember that. It was pretty gross. One of the many caused by James Harrison. Sorry, didn't mean to make your heart drop. And Muhammad Massaqua, like, when you what? listen to this, I... <laughs> Don't speak ill of the dead. So he I just is, he's to... a huge fan. Shout out to Muhammad Masquo. Shout out. Shout out. There actually was a very important player in that game who is no longer with us, but we won't say his name. Anyways, so one thing. So Chad, one thing. One thing I wanted to mention. Uh, you said that uh, on a point that you said earlier. Uh, going on a on a different note. You're like, oh yeah, Florida's schedule's hard. I don't think anyone has an easy schedule. Adding Texas and Texas, uh, adding Texas and Oklahoma to the mix in the SEC made everyone's schedule extraordinarily difficult. Because Van- Vanderbilt should be very happy they got Missouri. Yeah, like honestly, <laughs> uh, honestly, Vandy got the, the good in. But like, if you look at Ole Miss's court schedule next year, they got Georgia at home, they get Kentucky State, but then they have Oklahoma, and then it's Arkansas, Florida, LSU, South Carolina could be good, could be bad. Uh, South Carolina's got a tough schedule. They get LSU, Ole Miss, Missouri, A and M, Alabama, Kentucky, Oklahoma. No, they get Vandy. So I mean, like, but like Georgia's is really hard. Everyone's got a hard schedule. They didn't. They did not welcome Oklahoma with open arms by giving them Alabama, Tennessee, Auburn, LSU, and Ole Miss in year one. Like those are all teams that should be very good next year. But it's also, I mean, you're right. It's like who are you who are you going to give somebody to make it an easy schedule? Yeah, like you can't. Like it's like, impossible. And and with the trajectory of schools like Ole Miss, uh, and even recently Kentucky, like Kentucky's not the Kentucky that they were. 10 years ago where it was like, oh, that's a that's an easy SEC East win. Yeah. Uh, they, they're not that same Kentucky anymore. Ole Miss with Lane Kiffin is not that same Ole Miss. Uh, yeah, I have Kentucky going 10-2 this year. I mean, they, they could be really good. Based on schedule. Yeah, I mean, it just... Look, Oklahoma's, Oklahoma's going to find out that Kroger Field is actually not an easy place to play. No, especially in the wind or the rain. We're going to trade Missouri and Vandy eventually, though. It's going to happen. For, for, yeah, for, Florida, State. for Florida State. For Florida State. Yeah. Now, I want Oklahoma State in the SEC. No. No. No, no more Big 12. That's a, that's a Pac-12 no. team. I, 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 still don't, I still don't even want to claim Texas and Oklahoma as SEC. Or A&M or Missouri. Or A&M and Missouri. <laughs> Send them all back to the Big 12. We have lost all sense of geography in the SEC. And if we want to keep geography alive, then we need Clemson and North Carolina. Geography died. A long time ago. Yeah, yeah. What what you just said is actually, it makes less sense <laughs> than what we have right now. North Carolina. Drop, geography drop alive. Missouri and Vanderbilt, but let's grab North Carolina <laughs> and Clemson. <laughs> we'll just move on up. The North uh, Carolina North Carolina is a southern state. No, it's not. It's called North Carolina. <laughs> it's a northern state. They should be in the Northern Conference. This is the Southern Conference. You moron. There will be two conferences. You have the AFC, I mean the North, and you have the South. It's called the Civil War Division. Chad's got to live in South Carolina, too, while we're on it, because he has lived in North Carolina. In order to get really complete the circle. He lived, he lived in Augusta. That might as well be South Carolina. Oh, yeah, that's border. It's, but, but no, he lived in he lived in Evans. He didn't live in Augusta. 
Yes, he didn't I, live but in the I did. Say, right. He lived in when, the when, when Whit came when Whit came to visit me. We did go out to eat in South Carolina. We did not stay in Georgia. Is the um, Green Jacket Stadium in, in South Carolina? Yes, I told you this seventy five times. Not a very I said, good listener. We, I said, Whit, when we cross the bridge to go to the restaurant by the stadium, it's in South Carolina. Look, I don't know what you just said, but I just remember when I went to see Chad, we went to a restaurant in South Carolina. So trust me, he lived in South Carolina. He lived in Evans, South Carolina. <laughs> Might as well be Aiken. Anyway. <laughs> I have to ask. This is a... Um, is Dylan Rayola the next Tate Martell? Oh, no. Don't bring that up. You know up. who said that to me the other day? Ryan. Ryan. Ryan <laughs> yeah. did. Ryan yeah. said that to me yesterday. So, do you want the same take as Ryan, Nathan? Shout out, Ryan. <laughs> you want the same take as Ryan? Think the, very carefully. The, the, the only thing that I will say is it is a little sus that he's going to his third school in high school. Fourth, apparently. Fourth, yeah. Like someone, it, Ryan said fourth. I think it is the third, though. I think but it's third. The reason, so I read an article about this this morning. I understand it. I understand did, it. Did you I read the reasoning. Thing? I get it. I, I just, I mean, you're going to, Bu- Bu- if you live in the state of Georgia, you know Buford is a powerhouse. Buford's an SEC school. They could beat Vandy tomorrow. <laughs> well, and I think a good thing for Georgia, and it's it's sus that he's going to Buford, but I think there's reasoning behind him. Oh going no, to there's there, there's there, meant, no, there's very no, much there's, reasoning there's, behind there's, him going to Buford. Like he absolutely, his parents got a free. Georgia house. has struggled recruiting Buford for some reason, even though it's right down the road from Athens. This this year we've done good recruiting for Buford, but I know Rayola, Justice Haynes went to went to Bama. But. Yeah, but there's other. I mean, I think I can't. There's been players. there's been several Buford guys players off the top of my head right now. Several but, Buford guys that have not gone to Georgia. Exactly. So I think there was some play in there to get him there, but he's also close to Athens too. I think the reason he's there is because his parents moved too, and so I think they bought a house there. Then they would go to North Oklahoma. They, he would have gone if, to if he lived in Athens, but if he's in Buford, Buford is close enough to Athens to where they could go to every single game. So is North Oconee. Who else you go to North Oconee? Because North Oconee. But you is have where, to go. But you have to go to. But all right, he was he was going to go to a, a decent football school. He wasn't going to get to North Oconee is a like Final Four Elite Eight team every year. So is Harrison High School, but he wasn't going to go there. Harrison's had one decent player go. <laughs> I can name. There's one player from Harrison High School that's in the NFL Dude, right now. North Oconee, they had their quarterback two years ago was playing for the Pirates. Now, what's his name? Bubba Chandler. The Pirates. Yeah, like the Pittsburgh Pirates. Oh man, he could have been a great baseball player. Thank well, you, Dylan he, was, he was. He was committed. He was committed. He was committed. To, he was committed to Clemson. Did he play there for for football? That means nothing to me. No, he, no. he didn't even play there. Well, he got drafted out of high school to go play baseball. Oh, he's a, he's and this was pre nil, so he wasn't going to play school. Come on, man. So, <laughs> but so it, anyways, North Oconee's four A, Buford is seven A powerhouse. Yeah, I mean they're yeah. Right. I, I I thought Buford's six A. They're seven A. They are seven A now. There's a new multiplier for all the kids that they're move in, out as move. They're in the big forty. The they're in the big forty two. Right? Yeah, yeah. They're the Titan division. The Titan division. <laughs> Grayson was also in consideration for. I mean, Rayola. if he was going to come to Georgia, it was going to be like a Buford, a Grayson, Gainesville. That was the other. It was one of those three. No, he was not going to go to Gainesville. Uh, <laughs> have you seen Gainesville well, lately? Uh, dude, I don't know if you know Gainesville. this or not, but Gainesville is Buford Jr. currently. Yeah, they're they went, they went and got the head coach from Hoover High School last year. And he, takes, he takes them from missing the playoffs to the state championship in one year. And Gainesville, Gainesville was in the state championship last year against uh, Lehigh Valley or whoever, right? 
Was that? Wasn't it with Gainesville in the state championship last year? Yeah, they lost to Langston Hughes. Who Langston Hughes, and they had that Aaron Nolan who's Aaron going Nolan to Ohio State. Aaron Nolan who's going yeah. to Ohio State. No, yeah, he's going, was, or Ohio State. Yeah, he, was, he had offers from Auburn. Yeah, trust me, Ryan. Ryan told me that Aaron Nolan is a thousand times better than Ryan. No, Ola, probably no, about thirty not. times. Oh yesterday. my gosh! But I'm sorry, Ryan. <laughs> he looks like a lefty anyway. Cam Newton to me, but he's pretty good. He looks like a lefty Nick Marshall to me. I don't know about that. His, Nick Marshall was one of the worst passers I've ever seen play in the SEC. He's like a lefty two. He threw a really good screen, though. <laughs> a lefty two. You watch, if you think He's Nick taller. Marshall was the worst quarterback in the SEC, you didn't watch Trayon Harris enough. He doesn't count. Didn't Nick Marshall beat Georgia? Nick he Marshall on a fourth and eight. <laughs> he also, I mean, if we're, if we're going to say that, then he, he also, also beat, beat Alabama. Alabama. But technically, Chris Davis beat Alabama, not we, Nick but, Marshall. Uh, we, Nick Marshall. We don't want to talk about it. Beat Georgia. Actually, Alabama kickers beat Alabama. True. Yeah, and Georgia's defensive backs beat Georgia. But we won't get on that. Death taxes and Alabama kickers missing kicks. <laughs> the three certainties of life. Not anymore. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Rowdy Southern Saturday. If you enjoyed the episode, please give us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Music and follow our social media at RowdyPod on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.